Welcome to Art School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by B.B. Dalman and Rosie McNally. This week is episode three, where we're discussing how a daily practice helps us to process life more fully. So welcome to all our listeners, and I'm delighted to be here with B.B. Dalman again um, as we're discussing self-practices and how they move through our life, how they support us, and what they might even look like to us. So Sibylla, welcome. Lovely to have you here again and to be sharing with you. I'm so excited to be here um, and just explore a topic with you, you know, um, such, such, a, such a rich and dense context. Um, yeah, so really excited. Mm. Where do you want to get started? Well, uh, sort of mm-hmm. at the very basics, like um, coming back to us, like a daily practice, basically why daily? Like why would we need a daily practice rather than something we might do ad hoc here and there? So I'd love to hear how, what you see the, the purpose and the benefits of doing it daily. Yeah. Um, but to me, life happens daily. You know, it happens in the body, it happens in our mind, it happens in our emotions. And so to me, having a daily practice, I mean, there's so many doorways in, but mainly it is really to digest life as it unfolds. And so to really weave out that, which, you know, I may not want to carry forward anymore, those little conversations that are stuck in my mind, those little, you know, tensions in the body, because maybe I had an experience, you know, maybe I was even simply driving the car and had a moment of, oh, that was kind of a close call. You know, the body gets tense. And so instead of letting that build up over days and weeks and years, to have a daily practice, um, it's just a beautiful way of flossing out that which... I don't need anymore. Um, and ultimately to me, it's really, it's a coming back home to myself. It's a, a remembering, um, a state of being that is maybe not as tense. So as we get pulled away into those different directions, having a practice is like an anchor. It's a reminder. It's a, um, an, yeah, and it's just a way into, you know, remember how it can feel being in your body not being pulled off, you know? So it is both to me, it's an experience, a remembering, but it's also the practicalities of, you know, flossing life out of, out of the mm-hmm. system. Yeah. What about you? What's yeah. your angle into it? Yeah. Because the, I was thinking about this here, like the beauty of everything, the things that I practice the most or even teach and share in clinic and all there, like they all have a daily self-practice aspect to them. And that's what I, I love about them. So for me, the daily self-practice is like, we're preparing ourselves do you know like so because sometimes like when I teach and other people go oh I do it when I'm I'm well like but then I'm, or I might only do it when I'm trying to do it when I'm unwell or when things are going wrong or there's challenges happening in life or I feel out of sorts but then they're finding in those moments then that they can't they, they can't practice because their mind is so overactive or they're out of their body or they find it harder to bring their energy back like so for me it's a, like the self-practice that the, the daily practice is a preparation you know it's preparing me for when the sh1t will hit the fan because it will hit the fan somewhere (laughs) along the way like but it's preparing me to be able to sit with myself in those spaces and it's preparing me to be able to maybe move through them differently or to have compassion to myself if i get stuck in them 
So it's always helping me to to get ready for what's coming next in a sense that way, like, but not out of fear, but just as an embolden my muscles, my reflex muscle, my ability to respond to life. That muscle is getting stronger, hopefully every time I practice. Um, that would be one aspect. And the other one would be, it helps me to, for me, a daily practice helps me to get to know myself every day because we're different every second of our mind every day. Like, so it really helps me just to know who am I in this minute? What's going on for me? What's going on mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then what I can, how I can work with that possibly if it needs to be assisted or supported in any way. Like, and it's a beautiful space just to come in and be with ourselves, I think as well. Like, and just actually, sometimes it's not about doing any work, but just sort of being with the the beauty of your essence, your soul, your spirit of marinating and that there. And not always about, you know, I have to do some healing work here, but I'm just going to sink into me, myself and who I am and all of my wholeness, both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, it's like a, a love letter to yourself, right? Yeah. It, it's this way of um, giving, giving back to yourself or giving forward to your future self, in a yeah. way, you know, and, and building, it's just a beautiful opportunity, building a really, uh, a loving and a kind relationship to yourself and spending, you know, some time with yourself, the way you would build, you know, a relationship with a friend, right? It's this, it's listening and, 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 um, just being curious about it and maybe the odd time, you know, a little present and, you know, doing that for yourself, just, I think is, is such a beautiful way. So it's not only about um, pulling out or fixing or adjusting and, you know, but very much just, you know, who am I? And just spending a little bit of time with myself and going, getting to know myself in that way. And I think coming back to what you said as well, the better I know myself, um, the more grounded I am in myself, the better able I am to respond to, you know, the different situations that life may throw me both ways, you know, the difficult one, but also the beautiful one. So I'm a really present, you know, when one of those beautiful moments arise. So, so for me, daily practice is really, um, you know, coming home to myself, having a good relationship with self. So we have a better engagement with life as well, a richer mm -hmm. engagement in life. So thinking a little bit about, I mean, there are so many practices out there, right? <laughs> but just thinking about um, what, you know, what are the practices for you um, that you engage in maybe daily? What is sort of the pot you draw from, the tool belt you pull from? Um, and sort of what, what is the meaning? Like, you know, what do they mean to you, those different practices? What do they offer you? Um, and maybe even how, how do you structure them through the, throughout your day? You know, so um, how do you work with them essentially? Mm. Um, I would have like... My main practice would be Reiki and the shamanic practices, like the earth-based practices. They'll vary because they've they'll vary because they have different aspects to them. Um, so for me, majority of my practice will be done earlier in the day rather than later in the day. I just see it as a setup for it. But one of the things that's with me all the time, like it would be, I have a shamanic mesa, like a mala we call it in Irish. So it's like a a resource that I can go to and use anytime at all throughout the day. So it's always with me. It's always beside me. And then I can work with that there through dipping in, dipping out with questions or looking for support or looking for guidance. Like, But then I would sort of always have my Reiki self-practice, which I can make as simple as I want or as complex as I want, make as long as I want or as short as I want. That's the beauty to me of a, 
a daily practice. It's a, you learn to ebb and flow through your life, depending on what's happening. Um, so what they both give me then is a reference point to myself. So they help me come back to myself to explore what's going on in my inner world, my inner landscape. And then like for me, the Reiki is all, all the practice I do shift my energy in some level. And I'd rather access myself through the energetic body than the mental body. So I find by doing it that way, then that allows me to connect with the mental body in a different way. So rather than trying to figure something out, because that's just not how I work, I'd rather speak about it in energy language, because then that allows me then to figure out mentally what's going on with myself possibly. But it just, it just to me, it's a whole space just to sink and feel what's going on for myself and just to enjoy it like that way, because a lot of the shamanic practices are like, yeah, we're going, like, I might be doing a journey to retrieve information or for healing or to connect them with my guides. Like, but the same time, every time I do it, it's always the sense of, oh, you know, I get to do this. Like, do you know, I get to enjoy this here? It's not always like, come on, like, guys, let's go heal this. Let's go fix this. You know, I'm broke. It's like, oh, I'm getting to enjoy connecting to the deeper parts of myself. Like, and then maybe the two things I always do, and then I'll sort of pull from breath work and then movement then as well. Like that way and weave them and where I feel I need mo maybe more of those there, or if my mind is a little bit overactive, like, um, and that's what I think the beauty of having a few things to pull from is that you really get to tailor it to what you're experiencing in a given moment. Well, sometimes if we only have, like for some people, they might only have hands on healing a Reiki and then their mind's driving them absolutely bazookers during it and during life. Whereas when you have the meditation practices that come with that or the chanting practices, you can go, okay, my mind's really active, but I can do a physical practice, which will help quieten that. Or if I chant, it gives my mind something to do. And I can still go deeper into this here as well. Like, so they would be kind of the ones I would pull from the most. Like, and for me, it's all about just feeding the spirit, feeding the spirit and retrieving more of my spirit and my energy back to me as well. Like, what about you, Savella? Mm, that's just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the way you finished it, you know, retrieving more of your spirit back to yourself. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially how I engage with all those practices. And again, similar to you, there's a big pot, you know, there's a lot of practices and, um, over the years, uh, as you know, as we're doing the work that we're doing, you know, you're getting exposed to all these different practices and I don't know, but you, for me, there are some usual suspects that I go to mm. every day. And then depending on how life shapes and forms itself, there are some, some other practices that, that come in maybe for a couple of weeks and, and, and months, uh, a little more intensely and then they move to the peripheries but for me I found um, my energetics respond really really well to the grounding that comes through embodiment movement so um, the asana practices you know they're just a, a beautiful way of uh, to come home into my physicality because you know when when life gets busy we try to you know overthink sometimes and similar to you not coming in through the intellectual mind right away but feeling the body first it's just such a neutralizer you know and then i mean obviously all the practices of yoga so that's the physical work you know to ground but then there's also the breath work and the breath work to me is just such a beautiful an, a neutralizer equalizer you know that uh, energetically but also for 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 the thoughts and the body it just gives me a little bit more breathing space you know when you feel like your thoughts are coming in so deeply, I'm actually going to breath work 
breathwork mm. first. And that's how yoga was originally uh, intended. It was the physical practice first, then breathwork, and then eventually into meditation. So you're grounded in your body. You already redistributed the energies. And then through the breathwork, you started to consciously engage with the energies. And then a meditative state sort of happens uh, as a result, you know. Um, so also... What I appreciate about meditation and and also about um, the Reiki self practice, when I practice those, there's a sense of the practice of beingness rather than doing, mm-hmm. you know, and that is something that that I that I just really really value and it it brings me back to a neutral point. Um, um, and then I usually have two other practices. So apart from the the traditional yoga setup of asana, breathwork, and meditation, um, Reiki. Um, practices and then i i draw to astrology uh in terms of just to create some context you know um what's sort of going on uh, not necessarily around me but what are the greater themes Mm -hmm. you know that just help me then to intellectualize a little bit more about when i'm dropping into my asana practice and feel what's going on in the body just all starts to make a little bit more sense and then of course journaling i mean um you know, stream of consciousness writing or, or a slightly more organized, you know, writing, but writing is a really beautiful tool for me to bring the crazy mind onto a piece of paper. Mm. And it's just literally taking out of the mind that can be just so quickly moving and at times overwhelming into a place on a page where then get to decide, okay, uh, this is useful or, you know, some of it has just has to come up and be written and then being discarded. Um, but ultimately, out of all of those practices, I'm always using practices in the morning to remember myself. You know, so that's my intention in the morning. Uh, usually it starts with um, astrology and then some asana work and then, you know, into, into, the, into the meditation sort of practice, but with the intention to, to remember to come back home. So that when I meet the day, I'm coming from, you know, from mm-hmm. a more centered not just only centered, but hopefully more parts of me are have awoken and I meet the day with more of me. So that's my yeah. morning practice, the intention. And then the evening really, it is a digesting, a processing practice. So similar, it can be physical, it can be breath work, uh, it can be journaling, but the intention is slightly different. In the evening, it's really the, the questions, where have I left parts of me yeah. <laughs> in my energy household, in my, in my thinking mind, you know, um, what aspects that happened throughout the day needed a little bit more of my energy more of my attention that is still chewing on and you know uh, and then so the evening process is practice about processing so then that when i go into uh, the last couple of hours of the day and then into sleep it, it's just a little clearer it's a little tidier you know it's sort of the last house clean and then you seal the windows and you know you just nourish through sleep um yeah and then i don't know about you and then obviously uh, a couple of emergency practices throughout the day <laughs> you know it's always good to have some of them if, if some, and they can be the same as the morning, the evening practices, but you know, sometimes throughout the day, something calls for an extra bit of breath work or a little bit of walking yeah. it off, like as simple as bringing a dog for an extra round of, of, you know, going out, go out and about, um, to just to help process certain situations. Um, but usually morning and evenings. Yeah. yeah it's like taking a little um, pause to breathe. And those mm-hmm. emergency ones is just taking the pause to breathe sometimes like, and just step back. It's an awareness, right? It's it's mm. just that noticing, oh, okay, something calls for my attention. Mm. And then just being with that potentially a little bit. Yeah. 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 Less rushing on. So I think in that way, um, 
daily practice to me is really a, not a moving away from life, but it's really a, a way of having the tools so I can digest life, so I can lean into life a little bit more, yeah. so I can become more intimate with, with every moment as it arises, rather than having to hide and seal in and, you know, and put a big uh, sort of uh, wall around me and fingers crossed nothing will happen to me. I think in that way, because we were talking earlier about, our, about the meaning of, you know, what those practices mean to us, to me, it allows me actually to be a little more free in my life to knowing that you have tools and techniques yeah. uh, through which you can floss through, through life experiences and process them and digest them. And also to, you know, reconnect with yourself to me, that's, that's hugely empowering, you know? Mm. Uh, and I think that's important, especially the times we're going through at the moment. Right. Yeah. Having that space. Like, and I, I think it's important too, for people, you know, who are like, we're sitting here with like, 15 years experience like individually and all there like you know to go oh yeah sit down and you know do a self-practice and then for those who are starting off like and I see that when I when I teach practices and all there like, it's just like it's it's hard like you know it took and I would go to people I know all the dilemmas and all the mind games that will be played because I've done them <laughs> I've heard those voices I've seen the hoovering look so more exciting than sitting down to do your self-practice I hear all the distractions the pulls away like and I think you know when we read about like our daily practices and self-practices we sometimes a, maybe have a big expectation on ourselves when we're first starting or even when we're maybe doing it a long long time an expectation of what it should look like versus maybe simplifying and what it could look like or what I choose it to be in this moment in time, like, and or self practices should not should even hurt. I should could sustain us. Like it'd be beautiful if they could sustain us rather than they become the thing that we beat ourselves with. Is what I sometimes see when we're learning something, especially seeing the energy work and all there that I teach. It will become the tool where there. It's another thing to add to my to do list, and I'm like it's. It's not a to do. It's allowing us just to to be. But I go, you're go. We're going to meet ourselves in it, like, and that's the hard part of it. Like, we. I don't do my practice to escape myself. I do it to meet myself, like, mm -hmm. and we can use any of them to escape ourselves, and that's fine if we have the awareness. That's why we're doing it. But it's it's such a beautiful space to meet ourselves in our wholeness and when we're feeling as I say sit on our asses when we're asses when we're feeling great sit on your ass when you're feeling like crap sit on your ass when life is throwing you nothing but lemons at your face sit on it when it's throwing you beautiful flowers at your feet you know and just show up because I think it's just the muscle just needs exercise and then over time and there's no set prescript for that that we allow ourselves to sink more and more and more and more into it and therefore into ourselves as well like but i don't know if it'll be the same from your background and from your teaching all there as, as well um sabella like us and like we meet ourselves or the blocks that come up around the self-practice or especially when we're first learning like to have that extra level of compassion and kindness to our busy heads and busy bodies like yeah, I think um, that question of discipline, right, and willpower is, is a big one that comes in. And mm. um, I struggle with that as well for the first I think, long time in my practice is because it came from a competitive sports environment, you know. And um, so, you know, I knew how to access willpower and, you know, how to get in there. But for whatever reason, it never felt quite right when it came to 
those practices, you know, and even though, you know, the physical asana practice, you could take that as a, you know, that's probably the easiest way to be maybe competitive in it as well. <laughs> um, but to me, that never sat right. You know, there's a the question of inspiration, motivation. If, if I, if I know my intention, you know, there, there, there is that inspiration that the willingness comes from the inside rather than having to be motivated. So, but it's such a fine line and it takes mm. a little bit of time figuring that out because sometimes we, we do avoid ourselves, you know, we do avoid the practices in there, then, you know, it's important to find and took for me, it took so long to find a, that inner voice that is firm enough, but kind enough <laughs> to get me on the mat. <laughs> right. Um, because a little bit too firm, right. I just respond in a very, you know, I was like, okay, then I do it. And then the whole physical practice just becomes this doing thing, mm -hmm. right. It's, it, and it's the to-do thing and then you tick it off and you're happy as you go along through your day and ticking all of your boxes and in the evening you're not happy because you didn't tick off all of your boxes so you know it falls into that so I think when we get started with with a self-practice the question of what to practice is almost secondary but it's like the approach right how do we go in how do we hold ourselves in a way that we want to spend some some time in that and it's and it's a way um you know, it's like how we talk about like the, the yin and the yang approach to things, you know, it's like always this yang approach, this discipline and willpower. Um, it's important to some extent, but really what I feel is, is, is collectively maybe needed or even giving to give yourself the permission to take the, the yin, the feminine approach and, mm -hmm. you know, um, and just being a little bit softer in it and to have a daily practice, but my God, if you miss a day, you know, you're not starting from zero, you know? Mm -hmm. So, because then the inner mind game is really the one that, that exhausts you, right? It's that, oh, I should have, oh, I didn't, oh, I'm really bad at this. Why do I even bother getting into that? And I think that's the biggest obstacle, mm -hmm. what the actual practices are. And I think um, speaking from you over the years and with other people as well, is like, that seems to be for most people, what keeps us from having a daily practice, right? It's like feeling really at home in the practice. Mm. Um, yeah, and we just live in a society as well that has been for a long time favoring, um, you know, the discipline and the willpower and the very harshness, which is maybe that young principle taken into an extreme. And we can also, what you were mentioning, it can be also escapism and that can be taking the yin, the feminine yeah. principle to an extreme. So neither of those are helpful. So somewhere in the middle, um, I just think overall, give yourself, if you're practicing at home, whatever your practice is, give yourself just plenty of room to play around with it, especially in the beginning. Find the kindest inner voice that you mm. have can find and, um, and do not expect linear progression because growth yes. isn't linear. You know, having a good meditation, whatever that means today, sitting there and forgetting about time and just dropping right in does not mean tomorrow yeah. is exactly the same. And it also doesn't mean that your mind is in the worst state tomorrow. Yeah. I, I don't know how right. you feel about, wrong. about it good, those. It was bad. I should feel better after that practice. Is that not the whole idea of doing my practice? Is I should feel calmer. I should feel X, Y, Z. I should be at more peace. I, sh I shouldn't be worried now. And that's not the point of our practice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just on that note as well, how to get into a practice, I just think when we talk about the actual practices, just start, start yeah. where you're at. You know, so if you have a meditation practice, if you have a breathing practice, if you have a yoga practice, an asana practice, if you have a, a Reiki self practice, you know, start with that which you've already felt drawn into 
you know, there's already a door that has been opened. And, yeah. you know, it took me so long to, to really find and make peace with that. But start with that, which is enjoyable. You know, you're not letting yourself down by doing that. And your chances yeah. to do that more regularly and then to ritualize that and give that intention for that to be, you know, elevating it from something that I do, you know, three or five times a week uh, into maybe when it comes to, especially the physical practice, but that's where a daily practice is usually shorter than your weekly go-to practices, right? So shorten it a little bit, do it at a time when it naturally suits you. I mean, for so long, I was fighting that idea of, you know, traditionally yoga asana should be practiced first thing in the morning. Mm my body doesn't really like making big movements in the morning. You know, I mean, my asana practice in the morning looks like I met the yoga mat for the first time <laughs> on that day, you know? Um, and, and if I practice physically in the morning, that's the way the practice looks. Um, but it took me so many years to go, okay, for me to actually explore the bigger movements that happens after three o'clock. And so give yourself the freedom, but show up, show up regularly, mm -hmm show up with the intention for this to be a self-practice and maybe also just, um, yeah, just, just follow that, which you really enjoy, I think is the biggest way for me. And what, what's sort of your approach to that, you know, how to overcome that hesitation or how to, you know, how to make it more enjoyable. What's, what did you find over the years is, is helping people sort of a home practice for lack of a better word <laughs> has a higher chance to stick. I say start small, <laughs> start small and bowl from there and just and show up every day. Like, so like students will go me, how long should I practice every day? And I go in an ideal world, I'd be sending you home with a 45 minute to an hour practice. And I go, but I also know user like maybe learning for the first, if it's your first rodeo that way and you don't have any other practices, you're not like, you're not going to last five minutes. And I go, I'd rather you do 10 minutes every day versus 45 minutes once a week because the 10 minutes every day is the consistency, the bold in the practice, the getting used to sitting down, getting yourself organized, just dipping in and realizing, okay, this is a busy body. This is a busy head, but knowing, okay, at 10 minutes I can do. I go, but also you're sort of tricking your mind <laughs> and say, we're only doing 10 minutes. You know, I can do 10 minutes rather than, oh my God, I have to sit here for an hour. And sometimes I go, sometimes you'll find you'll stay longer. So stay longer. And then other times you'll find you're just dying after the 10 minutes of the bell to get up and go. So get up and go. But just by that consistency, you'll find over time you naturally stay longer. Like, so I say start small. It's quality over quantity because 10 minutes of where you're present with yourself versus 45 minutes where you're beating yourself around the room. I know which one I'd rather sit in. I know which one I'd rather be on the receiving end of like that way. So that's one thing I would say to people is keep it small. Like, and then I say like, if they can, if they've somebody else who actually has a practice as well, it might not be the same thing. Even if they do it, you know, phone each other beforehand, sitting down to do it now, ring you when I'm finished, have that sort of like little con like community connection point or join a little group where they're doing it regularly or whatever it might be, but something where, you know, you're having that little bit of accountability, which works with some people depends how, I think it depends how you're made, made sort of mentally and your background and all as well. Like, or I know like a woman, I remember once in a course, um, she was saying, somebody was going like, yeah, you know, it's just another bloody thing on my to-do list, this practice. Like, 
she goes, I already have enough on it. Like, and somebody goes, God, to me, it's like brushing my teeth. Like, I don't leave the house without brushing my teeth. I wouldn't really leave without brushing my hair sometimes. So why would I leave without cleaning my energy? And the person's ears just perked up and they're like, oh, I never thought of that. And they're like, oh, so, oh. And it was like, you see, it's sinking, sinking, sinking in. Okay, I wouldn't leave without, you know, going to work, putting my makeup on, doing my hair, whatever they were. I could see them process and all go, oh, okay, so I'm cleaning this so then I go into this differently. Like, versus it's, it was another stick that they were beating themselves with. Like, mm. So for me, those are the little things that would have worked for me as well. would have been starting small, just showing up. I think just show up, show up, just show up. And you will be kept up, as they say, somewhere along the way. I've heard that before. One of my yoga teachers used to shout it at us. Not shout us, sorry, but say it to us gently. Show up, you'll be kept up. You're like pushing on through. But um, and approach it like definitely with the softness, because I think we all go into the push, strive, do. And I, I, I should be achieving something through it. And I always say just lean into it and lean back out of, out of that energy and lean into the soften towards the self during it all. Like, and get a teacher like, you know, online, a friend, whoever, somebody else, you know, have someone who can guide you too. Like, I think it's really important. And because even if we, like, even if we've been doing this five years, 10 years, six months, whatever, we know how to sidestep ourselves very easily as much as anybody. We know where to, I'm not going to bother going down there any further. Oh, I think I've got this self-practice off to tea. So I think having someone to guide us is always really important because it allows us to go deeper into the practices then like but initially just show up like yeah and do you have any um any any thoughts on you know how to practice space should look you know just as a as a last point because i know from the yoga tradition but i just love to hear from your point of view you know and i have my own thoughts on it <laughs> but you know that idea of on a very practical level, you know, like the, the space you're practicing in, you know, any, any tips, anything that you go, okay, yeah, that has never worked for me or, you know, um, anything as a little tips. Like, you know me well enough to go and anybody who comes to my classes know well enough, Rosalind will keep it very simple. And they go, you, Rosalind, you just make it simple. So obviously it'll depend on life, your family, size and space. No, ideally you'd have a whole room to roam around in and do your practice in. Um, so I say make it I, like if you can't have it in the same place, because we're like animals being trained, there's the food, go eat. But our body begins to remember that space. So once we sort of have that little corner, even corner of the room set up, like or have the little bits in that corner, even if we're not laid out or sat down, but make it somewhere that it's inviting to you. That you kind of, when you look at you go, oh, I can't wait to get over there now. And no, if it's my little tarot card, pull up my little tarot card or light that candle or oh, that's my little, that's the cushion I use for, you know, sitting on, it's only used for that. You know, your little special things, but where it's kind of going to, you want to be over here. You want to come over and sit here, like, rather than like something gathering dust that you just go, oh, there's more dust. You know, so something like I have my little rug and all there like in my candles but like I have a space here that I can a big enough space I can set it all out and but somewhere you you go and it's the same place because then that's the mind and the body already going into that space before you even start your practice 
the body remembers like so it's already going to be getting easier and easier and easier like so for me have somewhere nice have your little trinkets your little things if you have them if you like them you can have it as bare you can have it as cluttered as you want um but to me little anchor points so even if you're meditating or practicing but have something maybe that you can look at or something you can hold just to sort of bring you back if the mind is busy that you have a focus point or an anchor point like during it but like I keep mine very simple I have my little rug and I have my little chair thing the little meditation stool I sit on and sometimes I'll have my cards out but the idea is that I want to be able to do it anywhere and not just when I have my xyz with me because then that becomes a barrier to entry (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and 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 one last thing maybe that 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 I find really helpful is um to almost have a routine as you go into it you know um and you know up to that stage sometimes you have to trick yourself into your practice you know so have sort of like someone on the periphery that you're you know that you're really enjoying so whether it's like using essential oils or whether it's lighting a candle in a certain way with your favorite lighter or you know you have that incense that you you know light uh i have sort of like a routine where i start with the house first (laughs) and then and i water the plants (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're sort of like at the moment, you know, uh, like being at home, I have a little bit more time, a little bit more space. So I work my way into it. But uh, even when I travel, I would keep most of that routine, you know, just up or a certain way of arranging my blanket on my mat uh, and yeah. things like that. And then it becomes not so much about, you know, do I want to practice or not? Because, you know, we're less attached to lighting a candle. We're less attached to maybe watering a plant or getting a glass of water. So the entryway is just way easier because you just light the candle and get the mm-hmm. glass of water. Um, and so you're spiraling into your practice. And then, you know, for me also, I need that much time to come back out. Like, you know me, I need a lot of time to process at the best of times. So I need after practice, you know, anytime I'm, I'm doing work with you and you ask me how you're feeling, I was like, I need about 20 minutes before I can talk. Can I call you back? <laughs> And so similar with me when I practice at home, you know, is there's this spiral out. No, it doesn't mean you have 20 minutes in and 20 minutes out into an hour of practice every day. You know, some, some days the practice is that long, but it just means um, a certain threshold through which we walk again after our practice, when we go back into the regular world, you know, uh, just as a reminder to bring something of that, which we've established back out, because what I've seen a lot in a practice that can happen is we have one life that happens on the yoga mat, Mm -hmm. and then we have another life that happens outside and they start to develop sort of disconnectedly in a way, you know? Um, and I think having that right from the get go in a practice where you just before you get up and leave into your everyday, have a moment of, you know, and it's not just psychologically, but in your body, how do you feel in that moment? And mm. what of that experience do you want to bring forth into the day? I yeah. think that is really, um, helpful to sort of blend, you know, the worlds between your, your self practice yeah. and then the very mundane, life of picking kids up from school and, you know, going to work and getting the shopping and, you know, all of those things as well. So to me, in another way, then the self-practice is a tool to, through the connection, to elevate the mundane into something that's a little more sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, has that to again, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just heart opening. It's just expansive. Uh, and then the practice in that way continues actually onwards. Yeah. 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 So it brings that unity and keep, cause we already feel like so many people feel so separate from 
everything or themselves and remind everything externally to them. But it's the same with our practice and can feel very separate or to our life. And it is the merging of the both of them, like bringing them together, like so it flows, becomes part of life, like. Mm. So it does, like, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love having these chats with you, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to try. We are actually going to keep this one on time, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is Um, one of the hardest. (laughs) (laughs) Any final words you'd like to leave with the listeners? Um really uh, just be as kind with yourself as you possibly can um kindness ripples into a softening when we start to soften we get a little more creative in our approach uh we become a little more inclusive and the chances that a daily practice is not something that we have to do but starts to become something that we want to do Mm. it's just much more likely so I think it starts with the softness, with the kindness, um, and also, you know, I mean, forgiveness when you forget it <laughs> is really important because yeah. you will. <laughs> yeah. And those days when you know you should, you know, and you give yourself the, yeah, I actually kind of want to, kind of don't want to, and then you just don't do the practice, you know, you can either spend the rest of the day beating yourself yeah. on the head about this, or you can practice forgiveness and go, well, like, we're all humans. It's called a practice. So even getting on the mat is the practice. Yeah. So there we go. So a lot of kindness, um, a lot of lightheartedness. Um, yeah. What about you? Any last sort of suggestions? Yeah. Say it'll just be, go very gently into it if you're new and if you're a regular at it, just bring more awareness to it and see your own little shadow points or the little sidestepping you're doing. But really it's just to enjoy it, like to see it as something we get to do rather than we have to do like yeah that way again that's be trial and error and find what works for you that would be the main thing what works for me what works for bb will will not work for everyone that way so we learn by trial and error and that's where we get to have that forgiveness us and okay i realize that's not for me and also give it time to decide that because sometimes we do it once and decide that's not for me but we need sometimes a little bit longer to, before the big decisions around what works for us. But yeah, give it time. That would be it. Like, yeah. So it was a pleasure to gather with you all um, in this virtual space today. Um, I'd like to wish you all a lovely week ahead. And as always, uh, myself and Bibi will be delighted to hear from you um, on how maybe you're finding yourself practice or a daily practice or what that might look like for you in your life. Beautiful. Yeah, we always love to hear from you and um, with, with how this resonates with you. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosalind McNally and BB Dalman. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com.